What up, everyone? This is Brenton. And Jenna. This podcast is all about connecting with our autumn family in a fun and different kind of way. So turn down that CB, buckle up, and enjoy the show. It's going to be trucking awesome. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Autumn Transport Podcast. My name is Brenton, and I'm here today with my co-host, Jenna. Hey, hey, Jenna. Hey, once again. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Well, I've had uh, kind of a wild run the last week here. You have. Tell us about it, Brenton. Well, last Thursday, my son was playing junior varsity lacrosse. Uh, he plays for Northfield High School. Mm-hmm. And the game was up in Montemedi, Minnesota. And my son is a forward, so he has to stay on one half of the field, basically. He's just down there to try to score goals and make friends with the other team's goalie. (laughs) And his defensive teammate got the ball, and he threw the ball from the defensive end up to the offensive end. And my son was looking up in the sky, ready to make the catch, and he absolutely got slaughtered by a defender. Just crushed. Imagine like a wide receiver in football goes to make the long pass and the safety just nails him. So that's what happened to my son. And he was down for a few minutes on the field. Trainer came and got him. And I saw them load him onto a little golf cart on the sidelines and start driving around the field. And I knew they were looking for his parents in the stands. No kidding. So was kind of bummed to see that. And They came over and the trainer just immediately looked me in the face and just said, he's got a broken collarbone. Is that legal? Like this is lacrosse. So there's some contact. Yeah. But like, did the kid get, that's like, he got got a penalty. Yeah. But like checking and contact like that is legal to some extent. Yeah. I don't know if you just absolutely demolish someone like the way my kid (laughs) got demolished. Yeah. That that's legal. But we took him to the orthopedic urgent care and they did an x-ray. And I was standing in the x-ray room with the x-ray tech. And I looked at the picture and I said, are those two bones <laughs> supposed to be jagged and crossed like an X? And the x-ray tech looked at me and I, I said, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm messing with my kid. But then I looked a little closer and I leaned in and I said, but seriously, that's broken, right? And the x-ray tech said, well, I don't normally comment on these things, but yeah, that's definitely <laughs> broken. So he had his collarbone broke right in half, and uh, we went through the weekend and got him in yesterday morning, and he had Mm -hmm. surgery. So he has a metal plate across the top of his collarbone and six screws that they had to insert to hold the bones together. But thankfully, he'll have a nice little scar. Yeah, Yeah, not much they could do about that. But the, the plate will stay in there, and they say by the middle of July he'll be... Fairly back to normal. You got to get your kids some more milk, man. Uh, yes. calcium. He's going to need, <laughs> I might just buy a cow and he can just drink milk all day long. I don't know. But so that was the, that was the excitement of my weekend. Man. I'll bet yours doesn't live up to that. Nope. No. No, not at all. But I'm sure there's broken bones in my future with, you, you never know. Those yeah. kids, you know. It happens kids. All my kids play sports. They've mm-hmm. all got hurt. I've been hurt. I guess it just kind of comes with the territory. Yeah. But we have a special guest with us today. We got one of our drivers here. Ray Bory is here with us. Hey, Ray, how you doing? Doing good. Good. Thanks for taking some time to 
sit in on this weird deal that we have called the podcast. Yeah. So uh, why don't we get rolling? Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, about your family, where you're from, what you're into, stuff like that. Uh, I'm Ray Bory, um, Davenport, Iowa. I got a wife, five kids. My youngest was born the same day as yours. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, that's fun. Yeah. Um, Those Scorpio boys. Boys, right? Yep, all boys. Yeah. Five boys. Oldest one's 13, youngest one just turned six months, so... Uh, Army vet back uh, in 2004 to 2009. Been driving a truck since 2012. Okay. And been with Autumn for going on three years. Nice. And which division are you driving in now? Hoppers. You're in the hopper division. Five kids under the age of 13 at home and you're out driving. That's a pretty busy a busy life for your wife back yeah. at home and when you get home on the weekends and there's lots for me to do when I get home. <laughs> yeah, are your kids into <laughs> sports or anything? Uh yeah, my oldest he's uh real big into football and wrestling. Okay. Really big into wrestling. So where'd that come from? Oh, uh, I don't know. He just decided he wanted to do it and fell in love with it. I mean I wrestled some in high school, but I wasn't in, in it like he is. What what's his current weight class? <sighs> 95 pounds or something. (laughs) He's a little guy. That's cool. Being in Iowa, wrestling is a big deal down there. Is he a Hawkeye fan? Uh, He's a Gator fan. Florida Gators? Yeah. Do they have a wrestling team? (laughs) I don't even know. (laughs) Where does that come from? Uh, My wife's from Florida, so she's a Gators fan. I'm an LSU fan, and I think he's just a Gator fan to throw it in my face. (laughs) Well, if he keeps wrestling, I'm sure he'll want to go watch the Hawkeyes. You're not too far away from Iowa. About 45 minutes. University of Iowa, obviously. Um, (laughs) My son, actually the one who broke his collarbone, was into wrestling for a couple years. And we did a really fun youth wrestling team trip down to Iowa. Iowa City is where the university is, right? Yeah, down to Iowa City to watch Iowa wrestle the Minnesota Gopher wrestling team. So that was cool. So you got one who's a wrestler, you got one who's six months, and a bunch more in between. Yeah. Okay. What do you like to do when you go home? Um, spend time with the kids, do a lot of barbecue, like smoking. So. I was going to ask you about that. I've seen some of your pictures on Facebook of some of the stuff that, yeah, barbecue up when you're home. Yep, that's about all I do, hang out with kids and barbecue, maybe drink a beer, but... Not too much anymore. Well, if you are got the barbecue, the smoker going, that's going to take a few hours. You might as well have a cold one while you wait. Yep. Any uh, motorsports? No, never got into that. Not much of a car guy. I'm you know, big, so I've never really liked cars. I'm more into trucks. And trucks and no motorcycle? No, my wife won't let me. <laughs> Smart woman. <laughs> I think a lot a lot of our drivers have motorcycles. Oh yeah. I think it's a common way to decompress when you're out of the truck and just funny because you spend all your time on the road and you get home and you hop on your bike <laughs> and you spend more time on the road, but definitely a different feeling with wind in your hair than the cab all around you. Yeah, I don't even like to leave the house when I get home. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what kind of truck are you driving these days? I got the uh Coronado. Okay. And then when I'm home I'm I traded in my excursion for a minivan. 
Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I told myself I would never drive a minivan. But at some point with the five kids, you kind of, I get it. <laughs> My wife didn't like driving the excursion. She said it was like trying to drive a whale. Yeah. So yeah, that's fair. I got her the minivan. Nice. I had my minivan days, too. Yeah. They just are a lot easier, too. Getting kids in and out, the sliding doors, oh. piling them in, piling them out. friend of mine down in uh, Northfield, where I live, I think he might be up to six kids now. And I was out, I was actually at a, at a gym that I go to to work out down there and looked out the window and a big 12-passenger van you guys know what those are like, right? Like a sprinter? No, that would be nice. This is like a cargo van with a oh, lot of seats. Okay. Rolls up, and then I notice it's my friend, and all of his kids just start piling out of this van. I was like, oh, man, that's a lot of kids, and I guess that's when he needs to transport them when you got that many. We were driving by the other day, and the school bus place got a bunch of short buses out there for sale, and... Telling my wife that's your next vehicle. <laughs> not so bad as long as you paint it a different color, maybe, so it's oh, not man. that bright yellow. The Bory Bus. Yeah. That'd make nice. a nice license plate, custom plate, Bory Bus. So you're an LSU guy. Are you from Louisiana originally? Yeah, that's where I grew up. Okay. Well, uh, I lived in Turkey until I was four. I was born on an Air Force base over there. Wow, I didn't know then, that. Uh, lived in Louisiana pretty much after that. Okay, makes sense. Then cheering for the Tigers down there. Yeah. And so you're in Louisiana. You grew up in Louisiana. Um, so you're a military kid. And your wife's from Florida. How'd that happen? Oh, we just met and we were best friends. We met when we were 17. And then well, we just wound up getting married. And how'd you end up in Davenport? My dad's from Davenport. He met my mom down in uh, when he was stationed at Barksdale in Treeport. So, okay, got out of the army. wasn't much work around Bastrop, the little town I'm from, and nothing but trouble there. So I was like, oh, I'll move up where my dad's at and see what I can find for work. I got you. There's a tank wash in Bastrop. There is. I know we send some of our liquid tankers down there. Nice. So you made your way up to Iowa. So you, you got into the Army. Why, why don't you tell us about that? How did you get hooked up with the Army? Did you always want to follow in your dad's footsteps and be in the military? Um, No, not really. And then I was 17 and, I don't know, getting into trouble and doing stupid stuff. And it's like, yeah, I'm just going to go join the Army. Okay. And did. Happened a lot faster than I thought it would. Next thing I know, I'm in basic training. So, where'd you go to basic training? Fort Leonard Wood. Where's Missouri? That? Oh, okay. is it Fort still there? Lost in the woods. Yeah, it's still there. Yeah. Basic training kind of scares me. I don't know if I could hang. I kind of have some questions you about don't really it. Really have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once you get there, you're there. My high school boyfriend was in the Air Force, so he went to basic while I was dating him. And so I have, I know a little bit about it just from just hearing from him, but did you have like a hell week or anything that kind of sticks out of my mind where they like make you go off base and you basically just get. No, just that's, like that's Marines up? that, I mean, we have the last FTX or whatever field training exercise. Okay. And that's where the drill sergeants are really hands off with everything. And yeah, 
you have to figure a bunch of stuff out. And I mean, it's a long week, but yeah, I don't think it's hell week. Huh? Yeah. I just okay. picture like getting through my third push up and having someone <laughs> screaming at me like 197 more. Let's go. Yeah. And making the bed. Do they make you do all like the military corners oh, and everything? Yeah. And they're, yeah. And they'd come through every morning, check it. Yep. And, there's always somebody who didn't do it right, so they'd tear everybody's stuff up. And... Yeah, and you paid for kind of your platoon or, mm-hmm. like, your your group's mistakes, and, and you're like, come on, Jimmy, you know, someone. Yeah, if one person did it, <laughs> you all did it. Oh, man. That really makes you take a sense of responsibility then, and yeah. you don't want to be that guy. Yeah, well, we had somebody, I don't remember what he did, but his wall locker was messed up or something. So we were on the second floor, and our drill sergeants made us take all our bunks, wall lockers, everything, carry it down to the field, set it up like it's supposed to be. They'd inspect it, and then made us bring it back upstairs. And we did that for a whole Sunday. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Just back and forth, carrying everything. Everybody just glaring at that one guy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be be rough. I wonder if how we could uh, institute some of that into... My trucking team. I don't know. One guy's trailer gets rejected. Everybody has to go back and rewatch. Yes, sir. <laughs> sir, yes, sir. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we we try to be a little bit more relaxed with the guys. So you you were in the army. How many years did you serve? Four. Four years. Well, thank you for doing that. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. But you made some lifelong friends. Um, I thought I did. We fall pretty much fallen out of touch okay. uh, haven't really talked to any of them in years but hmm. definitely some good memories yeah pretty intense bonds in the moment and i see you got some longer hair now so you've grown it back out since since it had to be shaved yeah yeah it was pretty long when i had to shave it too yeah always been a long hair guy um i was until i went in the military and then i kept it pretty short and then my five-year-old wanted a mullet and I was like, all right, let's do it because it'll piss your mom off. <laughs> nice. And uh, then I was like, well, I'm not cutting mine until he cuts his. And, well, he's in love with it. So so you're stuck throwing yours out too. I'm stuck with sight. it. Yeah. Jenna, well, you haven't, your kids are still young, so you haven't had to send them off to school yet and mm-hmm. encounter when one kid in the classroom gets lice. Mm-mm. Yeah, I haven't had to oh. experience yeah, that's not a lot of fun. We mm-hmm. went through that when my kids were younger, and that's the time I matched my kid's hair because he had to shave it because a kid in the school had lice. So then I went ahead and shaved my head to mm, kind of match him. Ugh, man. That's no fun. Yeah, luckily we haven't had to deal with that in the last couple of years. I don't know. Maybe COVID killed all the lice or something. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. The one good thing Blame out of COVID. COVID yeah. <laughs> but all the lice is gone. So how did you end up in trucking then once you got out of the Army? Um, did you drive truck in the Army? Did no. you have a, like a, going backwards a little bit, would you have a special task or a job? That I was a chemical on? operations specialist in the Army. So Is we did a uh, maker? No. And, it, you know, they showed us a really cool video about it when you're picking your jobs and people in lab coats cooking stuff up. Well, four years, I never got my lab coat. Okay. But I did learn, you know, about decontamination and different stuff like that. It really wasn't a good job for anything when you get out of the military. Okay. But we spent a lot of time in the pro mask and mop suit and just miserable. Yeah. <laughs> just 
Just, just overall, just sucked. <laughs> you, you, I gotta say, you're for anybody listening that's younger, you're really selling the army here. <laughs> just don't pick that job. <laughs> so you get out. You're like my uh, my army chemical training isn't really doing any good for me here. I'm gonna go drive a truck. Uh, no, I was a bouncer for quite a while. I could definitely see years. that. Nice. Where at? Uh, all kinds of different bars and clubs and adult establishments that I don't know if we can talk about on the podcast. But. <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> so you have any moments of just grabbing a guy by the scruff and tossing him into the street? Um, several. Several of those. Who was the coolest band that you got to see that you were like, cool, I get to be here? Um, I don't know about a single band, but the coolest concert I did was the Sounds of the Underground tour at uh, Waverly Hills, the sanatorium up in Louisville. Okay. They did a whole festival there. Yeah. And it was Lamb of God and Hatebreed and all these metal bands, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Sounds like Guar. it. I don't know if you've ever seen Guar, but... No. Oh, I was red and green and purple for a week because they spray all that stuff into the crowd. Okay. I was between the crowd and the stage, so. So you're in the splash zone. Yeah. (laughs) I knew something was up when the head of security come by with garbage bags and these wallets, cell phones, anything put in the bag. (laughs) Really? (laughs) It sounds crazy, man. Fun, yeah. I don't know that that's uh, my music scene, but I can imagine it was pretty insane. That was the most fun. I think the worst one I ever did was uh, Hanson, and I actually got stuck doing personal security for them for the whole day, okay. and they did this walk through the city, and the hardest part is it was all these, like, 13- and 14-year-old girls. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> a bunch of drunk dudes, I know how to handle that, but 13- mm-hmm. and 14-year-old girls Just can't really... screaming. You can't really push them back. You, it wasn't fun. <laughs> Ray's, Ray's there for the action. Yeah. My dad was a bouncer, too. He said he there was a concert where there was one band called Rat. This is in, like, the 80s. And then there was another band called Poison. So he was bouncing the Rat Poison concert. <laughs> <laughs> That's his, his fun story about that. Now you're into trucking. How did <laughs> yeah. you get to trucking? Tell us about that. Um, well, working as a bouncer... You know, money's not all that good, and I just, I don't know, being in the bars, I was getting wore out, you know, decided I needed to do something, so I went truck driving school, and I figured it'd work for me, because, you know, I really have to deal with a boss, I can just do my own thing and be in my truck. Yeah. So it worked. I like driving, so let's truck driving school, and that's what I've been doing for the last 10, 11 years. I think a lot of guys get into trucking partly with some of those motivations that they can be their own boss and, <clears throat> excuse me, be, be out on their own, not having somebody telling them what to do all the time. I have control of the thermostat. That was really important. <laughs> that was really important. <laughs> For a bigger guy, you like to be able to set your own temperatures. I like it a little on the colder side, so. Did you hook up with uh Did you start out as a company driver somewhere then? Yep. I started with TMC doing flatbed. Flatbed. Did that for, I don't know, five years. Not with TMC the whole time, but top bed and eventually RGN and oversized loads. And then uh, me and my wife ended up getting married and uh, having kids and 
I just decided I wanted to be home more often. Where did they ever you running all over the country when you were doing that? Then? Yep, coast to coast, trying to stay, you know, off the west coast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a lot of guys that want to do that. And eventually, you found Autumn. You you mentioned before we started the podcast that you think you found us on Craigslist. Yeah, Craigslist. Yeah, I was hauling fuel, a local job around Davenport, and COVID happened, and I uh, got laid off. And they're like, yeah, you know, take a couple of weeks, collect unemployment. And well, at that time, my fourth son had just been born. And I was like, I can't sit at home and collect unemployment. Yeah. So I found another job and it wasn't really working out. And I saw an ad for Autumn and didn't really give it a whole lot of thought. I filled it out or whatever, get some information. And Mark called me and he pretty good job of talking me into it because I'd never wanted to do the lease purchase thing. And and now I don't regret it. So, so the entire time that you were trucking, you had always been a company driver yep. until you came to Autumn. Yep. So big. That's a big step, a big change when you go from driving somebody else's truck to working on buying your own truck and all of the things that come with being an owner operator. Uh, yeah. Yes and no. I mean, it's still pretty much the same job though, just a little more responsibility. I know you gotta. A little bit more planning for unforeseen expenses that come up and putting those tires on the truck yourself and fixing the engine breakdowns on your own dime is a little uh, bit of a change. I wish I knew how to do all that stuff myself. Yeah. yeah the guys. wish I had the room to do it myself. I could probably change tires, but uh, I don't think the condo people would be happy with me pulling my truck in the garage to do that. So where do you keep your truck and trailer then? I park it at Walmart. Do you? Yeah. Yep. About two miles from the house. Still a Walmart out there that uh, allows guys to do that. Oh, yeah. This one, it's pretty far from the interstate, so not a whole lot of trucks go in there. It's There's like eight of us that are all local that park in there. So nobody's tearing up the parking lot and throwing their trash everywhere, so we should be good for a while. Yeah, it's such a disappointment for the name of truck drivers when you see a, a spot like that where guys are just littering and leaving those not Mountain Dew bottles full of <laughs> golden water out on the curb. and Oh, yeah. I, I, I rescued a dog a couple of weeks ago. Well, that's just what you needed with five yeah. kids is a dog, too. Well, to have on the truck with me, that's the whole reason I got her. I, she's an older dog, so but I was walking her you know, back behind the trucks at the truck stop. And I just couldn't believe how gross truck drivers are. Just all the stuff back there. Yeah, it's a, not just truck drivers, uh, of course. There's a lot of just lazy, disgusting people out there, but it does give truckers a bad name. It's easy to point the finger at truck drivers if you're, if you're not one of them or you're just passing through and you want to blame things on somebody, to blame it on truckers, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, this truck stop it was the truckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a few bad apples out there. So you're doing the um, the lease purchase lease purchase program, the owner ownership program that we have. Yep, with my second truck now. I pretty much had the first truck paid off, and then sold it and traded it in for something a lot newer. Okay, and it's going pretty good. Nice. And you worked with Josh to identify the truck that you wanted or the one that we had available and yep. found a good fit for yourself. Yep. 
found a truck with a lot less miles and still had a warranty and I'm happy with the decision. I'll be at Autumn for a little while longer now for sure, but yeah, I like it here. Did you ever, did, uh, did any of your boys ever want to come with you? Um, yes. The only one that's old enough, he came out with me and then he realized we didn't have Wi-Fi <laughs> and he didn't want to be out My there. My kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Elon is working on getting that universal Wi-Fi. Oh, man. I have Wi-Fi in my truck now. I bought uh, that T-Mobile home internet. Okay. It's like 30 bucks a month and unlimited. It's quick internet, too. It's, I mean, it's not the fiber optic internet I have at home, but it's pretty close. Kind of like a hot spot in your truck almost? Like a hot spot on steroids. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's huge. It plugs into the wall. Okay. That's something for other drivers to maybe take a look into. You said it's through T-Mobile? Yeah. And it's way cheaper than doing the mobile hotspot on the phone. Yeah, it can add up and use up all your data, and then you're screwed if you burn through all of it. <laughs> That'd be really nice for killing time doing your 34, being able to stream some shows or sports or yep. whatever you want to do. I watch a lot of stuff on Netflix and the different streaming apps. So, so you're, nice. all, you're all up to date with, uh, was it, who's the prince, the show on Netflix? Megan? Uh, oh, Harry and Megan. Harry and Megan, are you up to date on your... <laughs> no, I'm going to have to check Your British that royal family drama? <laughs> no, or keeping up with the Kardashians, you've been doing that then? My wife does. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yeah. What's the, what type of dog did you rescue? Uh, she's a pit bull. You got a pit bull? She's seven years old. And she's just lazy, just likes to lay around the truck, so perfect for me. Little company, what's her name? Bella. Bella. Nice. They get a picture to us of you and Bella. We'll throw it on your Facebook. Yeah, she's at the hotel right now. Hopefully not tearing (laughs) anything up. We hope. Well, that's a lot of drivers have pets. I know Jen and I have talked about trying to put together a little autumn recognition program for drivers that are out traveling the road with their pets, whether it's a dog or a cat. Stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned for that. Well, what brings you up this way? Because I know you're not always up here in Minnesota. Um, bringing the wall that heals to Mendota Heights, the Vietnam Veterans Memorial, the three-quarter size replica. That's super cool. I know we just, uh, by the time this post, uh, the podcast posts, it'll be about a week since you've had the trailer up here. But tell us about that. What is the wall that heals? It's a three-quarter size replica of the actual wall. Vietnam Veteran Memorial Wall in D.C. And okay. it travels the country for uh, veterans that don't have a chance to make it to D.C. So they call it the Wall that Heals. Yeah. It's got a mobile education center. That's what the trailer is. And really nice motorcycle in the back that was donated. Just a bunch of stuff that was brought from family members and left at the wall they have on display in the trailer. How did you get connected to this um to the wall. I saw on Facebook they were looking for volunteers and I just filled something out, you know, dropped my name and it's like, yeah, I'm sure I'll never hear back about this. And then a couple months later, I got a phone call and an offer to do it. So then that was last year I hauled it for the first time 
And then I was going to say, this is the second year the now second that year, you've done yeah. that. Where did you haul it last year? I picked it up from a, a little town outside of Houston. I don't remember the name and brought it to San Antonio. Oh, so you were all the way down in Texas with that. How cool that you get to have it this weekend or this week too, going into Memorial Day because um, it does it travel all year? It travels pretty much spring, summer, and fall. Right. I think when I delivered it in November, they had one more city after that. Okay. And it was in, they put it in their shop and fix it up and everything. Sure. And I want to say in March, it started going back out. Okay. To the West Coast. Yeah, so I printed off um, a little thing here from the, the, the organization that organizes this is the Vietnam Veterans Memorial Fund. And um, what they say on their website is that this trailer was first unveiled on Veterans Day in 1996, and it's designed to travel to communities throughout the U.S. Since it was first dedicated, the wall that heals has been displayed at nearly 700 communities throughout the nation. Um, It's been on the road for more than 13,000 miles. Well, this is in 2021. It traveled 13,000 miles and visited 26 communities. The wall was escorted by more than 3,000 vehicles into those communities, and they were able to spread the wall's healing legacy to nearly 200,000 visitors. Yeah. So that's um, making a big impact. Well, I believe it, because that little town, I picked it up in Rhinelander, little town in the middle of Wisconsin, and they said they had like 9,500 people come while it was there. I didn't even know there's that many people in that area. So. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> people traveling from all over to experience that. We have so many Vietnam vets and families of Vietnam vets that maybe aren't able to make it to Washington, D.C. to see the memorial. Or or don't want to. It says something about, not that they don't want to, but they, they're scared of kind of that emotional reaction, right? And, and this kind of is a soft open for them, right, where they can try it. And then maybe go someday, yeah. which I think is cool. And it's really something to see it when you're out there. And all the veterans that come out there and how much it means to them. I mean, I wasn't around for Vietnam, so I don't have the feelings about it that they do. I mean, I can't even comprehend everything these veterans went through. But just seeing the way they are out there with it, it's makes it worth doing it. I'm sure it's very emotional for you to see so many people come. Do a lot of people come up in like old uniform? Yeah. Or, yeah. A lot of them, they're Vietnam hats. And yeah, it's something. And then, you know, 58,280 something names on the wall. And it, when you see it, how many, what that looks like all written out, it's incredible. Yeah very moving i know our ceo julie sent an email when you came with the the wall yesterday and just sent an email to the staff here in the office encouraging us to go out and take a look and she shared how moving it was for her to go out and be a part of that and i've heard other folks here in the office who have just been kind of marveled at it sometimes those things even if you know i like you said, I obviously wasn't around for Vietnam either. My dad was in the army, but he um, never got called to Vietnam. He was close, 
but then they ended the war and started pulling out the troops right before he would have been deployed. But so many people have a, a connection to that war and have a family member who fought in it or lost their life in it, um, didn't come back. It is, it's a cool thing. So you, you're not paid to, no. to haul this wall. Nope. It's completely voluntary. You're taking time uh, a week off of your normal trucking schedule yep. to, to be a part of this. And that's kind of how it works all across the board, right? Just yep. different. It's all the drivers, that it's different driver every week. Everybody that does it volunteered their time and fuel and everything. So, What an awesome way to pay tribute to those people. Mm-hmm. And it, it was real touching last year when I did it. You know, the Tim Tates, the director of the... Uh, Vietnam Veteran Memorial Fund gave a speech before we did the parade and he was talking about all the soldiers that came home from Vietnam and how they were spit on and not welcomed back and what really stuck out was he was talking about this parade bringing it into town is all these people from here this is their welcome home Hmm. and it was just real touching hearing him talk about it I don't know had everybody feeling a certain kind of way before we started yeah and that you're going to be a part of a parade tomorrow? Yep. So it'll be, I think, uh, where's that going to be in Farmington, Minnesota? Uh, it starts at a church there. Okay. Rockwell Church, or I I don't know exactly. I know it's in my emails, but I, <laughs> that's, that's it's okay. not in my head. That's okay. I think it dispatched onto your people, Nat. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're using your own tractor, your own tractor for this. Yep. Which has perfect color to match the trailer. It does look good with that trailer. Oh, good. <laughs> I think yeah. we uh, should work on getting one of the hoppers wrapped up, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll point that out to Ronnie, the hopper freight manager, and see what he can do. I think Josh almost bought a truck last year that had an eagle and a flag on it, and it was a. And then he was like, "Who would who would drive this?" And we've got quite the pool of I'm veterans. Sure somebody so, would. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there's. I know Mark and Recruiting has a list of all the autumn owner operator partners who are veterans, and it's yeah, quite a it's quite a list. I know a lot of the other big companies that do this. They all have like specially wrapped trucks for when they haul it. Oh, just for this, cool. right? This um, experience. And I was kind of surprised I got this leg because when I talked to him about it, he's like, "There's a lot of interest from the other." companies in Minnesota for that one. And I was like, oh, one of these bigger companies is going to get it. I'll get stuck with something further away, but we got it. Nice. And I think it's because it's so close to Autumn's headquarters that we did get it. Yeah. That's cool. Autumn has always been very supportive of the military. I know um, for Lowell, who started the company, and his wife Bev and his daughter Julie, who run the company now, Veterans and those who are active duty or no longer active duty um, mean a lot to them. And Autumn has always had a commitment to supporting them. We hire a lot of veterans. Uh, We try to make a big deal of it on our social media when some of the holidays come up, like Memorial Day and um, Veterans Day, and just really want to show our appreciation to you, Ray, for your service and your willingness to pull this trailer and then to the guys who are listening here today that are part of our fleet, we just want to say thank you and recognize the sacrifices that not only you, but 
all of your families have made. And your father, you said he was in the Air Force. Right, yeah. So it's a, it's a family thing for you, and it just it means a lot to live in a country where we have people who are willing to, men and women, who are willing to go and serve and protect and uh, don't get the recognition that they deserve. So you, uh, you'll be hauling this. When are when are you done, or where do you drop it? How does it all wrap up? Uh, dropping it at St. Thomas Academy. I guess it's a military school around here or Catholic school. It's I'm not boys, really sure what it is. But. A boys military, private military school. But uh, yeah, I'll be bringing it there tomorrow, and then uh, I don't know what Ronnie's got for me after that. I might just be going home. Who knows? <laughs> then another, but another truck driver will come and hook to the trailer and yep. take it on its next leg. Yep, they're gonna. Usually, it closes on Sundays, but they're a day behind this week for Memorial Day. They're gonna keep it open through Memorial Day. So, well, I know we have drivers all across the country who may be listening to this and uh, hopefully sharing it with friends and family. So I just wanted to let everybody know that if you go online, go to Google and type in Vietnam Veterans Memorial Fund, that it will take you to the website and they're the ones that coordinate this. And there's a full 2023 tour schedule listed on there. So you can find uh, a time when the wall is going to be close to where you are, um, uh, where you live or where you're taking your 34 for the weekend where you can head over and I really encourage everybody to take a look at this thing. It's a very moving experience. If you're in Minnesota, I know it is coming back to Minnesota. Uh, it's gonna be in Monticello, Minnesota later this summer. So if you're around the Twin Cities, maybe you wanna head up to Monticello. I actually used to live in Monticello. So I'm kind of interested to see where it will be up there, but check out Vietnam Veterans Memorial Fund and go to the website, check out the tour schedule Find a time when that trailer is going to be close to you, and I really encourage you to take some time to do that. Are you hoping to do this again next year, Ray? Yeah, probably. You just sign up, and they kind of tell you when your date is and where you're picking up the trailer? Well, the the first year I didn't know if I would get a call back, and it's basically go to the drivers that have done it before before they open up any more slots to bring in new drivers. So um, now it would be my third year, so I kind of get to pick what I want to do. So hopefully it'll be going somewhere in Iowa next year and I can do that. Yeah. I'll bet you're, you'd like to have your kids come out and see yeah, the I'd truck like and the trailer and everything. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you for taking some time with us today and telling us your story. And thank you so much for your service to our country and your service to the VVMF here, pulling the trailer. I know it means a lot to a lot of people and just want to say thanks. Thank you. Thank you to everybody for listening to the Autumn Transport Podcast today. We appreciate it. We'd really appreciate it if you take some time to share this episode with your friends, especially this one. It's a very touching thing that we want more people to hear about. Go ahead and review us. Give us a like on any social media channel that you're at. Drivers, drive safe and take care.